Grace, mercy, and peace to you from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. Imagine for a moment that today you are going to die. The doctors have told you that there's nothing more that they can do for you. Your family is gathered around your bedside, helpless to prevent your death from coming. At that moment, it no longer matters how much money you have, how expensive your house is, what sort of car you drive, the supremacy of your education and the prestige of your job are left as nothingness, meaningless. You have only a past to consider in this life and no future on this earth. But as you lay there in bed, a simple song keeps coming to the forefront of your mind. Jesus loves me. This I know, for the Bible tells me so. Now imagine something else. Jesus has returned to judge the living and the dead. You now stand before Him and you see Him with your very own eyes. And as you stand before Him, you begin to understand why He is the most valuable treasure you have in all of life. On account of what you have believed about Him, your eternal destiny, whether of eternal life or of eternal damnation, will be sealed. For Jesus says, the angels will come and separate the wicked from the righteous and throw them into the fiery furnace, where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Our greatest joy is in knowing that we will not be thrown into that fiery furnace of eternal damnation. We will live, and by God's grace alone, we attain heaven's greatest riches, that of forgiveness, salvation, and life everlasting. At that moment, nothing, absolutely nothing else will matter. Nothing but our faith in Jesus Christ our Lord and Savior. Today in the Gospel lesson, Jesus tells a series of kingdom parables. You know the ones, the ones where He says what the kingdom of God or what the kingdom of heaven will be like. Over the course of His ministry, Jesus described that kingdom in many and various ways. Today we will focus on the two short kingdom parables. The one about the hidden treasure and the one about the fine pearl. We will consider questions of ultimate value, and we will be reminded of what and who are truly priceless and how. I suppose that by now, just about all of you have seen some of those credit card commercials, the ones that list off the prices of several items or several activities. They'll say things like, gas for the car, $40. Airline tickets, $800. Beachfront hotel, $600. And then after a short pause, spending a long weekend in a tropical getaway with the family, priceless. 
Then comes that final line, something like this. Some things in life can't be measured. For everything else, there's MasterCard. Now, it's not a bad series of commercials, really, because it does make us think, at least momentarily, about what is valuable to us. Take the man in that first parable, the one who found the treasure hidden in the field. Just what was that treasure? A stash of gold, you think? Maybe a box of precious jewels. How about some rare and ancient artifact? Well, it really doesn't matter because the the details are not what's important in parables. Rather, the crucial thing is the points that Jesus is trying to make. And the point here is that that field was so valuable that the man just had to have the treasure buried within it. And so he sold all that he had. He gave up his total net worth and he exchanged it for that field and for the treasure that was hidden within. Presumably, he ended up a very wealthy man on account of his shrewdness and his dealings. Likewise, in the second parable, there was the merchant who was in search of the fine pearl. The man knows value when he sees it. He finds that one that is just the perfect shape, the exact right color and of a size that makes it valuable beyond his greatest expectations. When he finds that one pearl of great value, he too liquidates his portfolio so that he can get his hands on that precious jewel. Now one conclusion that we could draw here and one that I've seen many, many times in Bible commentaries and heard in sermons is that the kingdom of God is what is of ultimate value. That being a follower of Jesus, having faith in Him, being baptized, hearing His Word and receiving Him in the sacrament, that these things together are more important than anything else. And seeing it and understanding it in that way, we might conclude that our faith, our our faith that holds on to the grace of God in Christ Jesus, that is our greatest treasure. God is number one. Knowing Jesus is the most important thing. Amen. Great. We got it. We can all go home now, right? Well, let's wait for just a minute. I don't know about you, but if we take the meaning of the parable that way and we think about it for a moment, we're left with something other than a warm and fuzzy feeling. You see, that interpretation leaves you to things that are somewhat shady and weak, that is, your own abilities and your often confused priorities. That interpretation ought to make you think something like this. If God's kingdom is truly worth more than anything, even worth more than all of my possessions, how come I don't act like it is? In other words, how come I don't pray all that much? Why don't I immerse myself in my Bible each and every day? How come I don't fear, love, and trust in God above all things? Why do I take God for granted so often and so easily? How come I don't love my neighbor as myself? Why don't I give more generously and more joyfully to the work of God's kingdom, that kingdom that I supposedly value so greatly? Am I taking this treasure for granted? 
Am I dragging God's gifts through the mud? Well, the answer to all the how comes and the whys would be very simply and correctly answered because I'm a dirty, rotten, miserable, lousy sinner. And to those am I goofing this all up questions, we could also truthfully answer, yes, absolutely I am. Does our sin ultimately disqualify us from this treasure? Does our failure to appreciate the treasure make us ineligible? Will we stand before God's judgment throne empty-handed because we didn't sell all of our possessions in service to Him? No, we will not. And why is that? It's because there's another way of looking at these two parables. A way that is more correct both anthropologically and theologically. When we more rightly understand both our nature and God's nature, then we begin to see it. Instead of thinking of the treasure hunter as you, think of him as God. Instead of imagining yourself as that merchant, think of God going through the marketplace. Now we see that story from a totally different angle, don't we? With a different subject and a different object. Now the treasure that is hidden in that field is you and me. Now the pearl of great price is the sinner, the one who is made a child of God. And what does God sell to make His purchase? The better question is, who? As the ultimate answer to every theological question is, from your Sunday school years right up to standing in front of God's judgment seat, the answer is Jesus. Jesus, God's only Son. The Father's greatest treasure, the sum of all His value. Jesus was sold to make us God's treasured possession. Oh yes, Jesus paid the price too. He gave all that He had to make you His own. You know how it goes. Luther put it this way in the small catechism. He has purchased and won me from all sins, from death, and from the power of the devil. Not with gold or silver, but with His holy precious blood and with His innocent suffering and death that I may be His own, live under Him in His kingdom, and serve Him in everlasting righteousness, innocence, and blessedness. We have no value of our own. We are not worthy or valuable to accept in that God has created us, and God loves us so. We bring nothing to the table. No merit. No worth. Scripture says that the best that we can offer God is filthy rags, something that is pretty much useless, rejected, suitable only for discarding in the trash. But God sees us even in our sins as His treasures, His great pearls. To Him, we are worth even the humiliation and the suffering and the death of His beloved Son. And there at the cross of Jesus... He makes us into His treasures. Treasures that shine with heaven's glory and brightness forever. What are you worth to God? Everything.
What would you pay or have you paid for a dream vacation? Thousands of dollars, perhaps? What about the best luxury car on the market? Maybe hundreds of thousands. What about your eternal salvation? What would you pay for that? Well, you can't. You see, far beyond anything that MasterCard could provide, only the true Master can provide that. And it is truly priceless. With our first and superficial understanding of this parable, one that sadly still finds voice in many Christian churches, we could never have the kingdom anyway. Nothing we can do, nothing we can earn, nothing we can give up for the kingdom of God will buy our way into heaven. Only Jesus could pay that price. Even if we did literally sell everything that we had, donating it to the church, even if we went to live in the most dismal slum of the earth, serving the poor and serving the lepers, it still isn't enough. We would still be lost if we didn't have Jesus. But Christ paid the full price. He has bought us back, and our value to God depends on Him, not on us. This is why we can rest assured, knowing that the treasure of God's kingdom is ours forever. Jesus put it on His tab, on His account, and there is no credit limit there. His purchase will never be declined by the Father. His mercy will never go bankrupt. His love will never be possessed. His deposit is more than FDIC assured. It is eternally trustworthy and true. What a great treasure we have in these words of Christ. They illustrate to us the great value of belonging to His kingdom. They show us the value that God places upon us and more importantly, the value we have in Christ. That value is shown in the ultimate price that Jesus paid for you on the cross. May we always treasure Him who has treasured us beyond all comprehension. In the holy, precious name of Jesus, Amen.